0: This this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM.
1: And from the border of liberty and prosperity in the highway to the north, we are back. Yes, we are back. How's everybody doing out there? was getting set back up I had to change keyboards and this keyboard doesn't have all the controls. How's everybody doing? Been a couple of days. I was doing a uh, training class yesterday for a client, uh, Haswhopper. Uh, that is not the new Sandwich Chef Burger King, it's to space operations and emergency response. You've been, uh, I've been, how long have I been doing that? Oh, too long. That's the answer. And yes, this is a very bright We have other really bright shirts also. Anyway, uh, the live stream on video, uh, for whatever reason, that runs a little bit behind, I think. So uh, I'm just going to say this again. All of the news stories that we share here are. Uh, no, we. No, especially crime, OSHA citations, EPA citations, all that stuff is, uh, you know, only citations are proposed penalties, stuff to trial, things get litigated, that may not be the end result. And also, I might add uh, on that, uh, you know, uh, often the names haven't changed, so we don't omit names on here, notes know, to protect the safe and the unsafe. Alright, so where have I been? You've been following along uh, me and Jay Allen on the Rated R Safety Show. We were at this class with this textbook, Five Principles of Human (laughs) Performance. Pardon me. Human Performance. And of course, we have everybody who knows I'm on the air. They're over here doing their thing. Let me turn this off. Everyone decides to text me at one time. Now, human and organizational performance, all right, it's, uh, hold on, what is it? People say, well, well, Jim, uh, what, uh, you know, what is that? Is it a new system flavor of the month? It is a philosophy. It's a way, an approach, a way of doing things. So uh, there were three days to the Conklin conference and uh, hopefully we're going to be doing another one in the very near future here. Uh, so three day conference, uh, this has not been done uh, before this year. They had one, I believe in April, May, something like that. in San Santa Fe in New Mexico. They had this one in Orlando, Florida over at the beautiful Rosen Plaza hotel which I had a very nice time at. Uh, We had fun uh, there. So day one was uh, Todd Conklin and his human five principles, of human organizational performance, all in this book. Day two was a deep dive with Jennifer Long as she unravels the fabric of accountability. Jennifer Long has a wonderful book out on accountability. We will be uh, going into that. Uh, I'm sure in the very near future, once I read it again, and then we went into uh, Bob Edwards and Andrea Baker uh, talking about learning teams uh, at towards the end of day two, putting into day three, and then Mark Yeston, uh, who was uh, basically one of the heads of the rescue uh, ranger, the rangers in Grand Canyon. He's retired um, uh, talking about. Human organizational performance, wrapping things up. So, if you have an opportunity to do this, go to one of these conferences. It's a wonderful thing. If I were to describe it, this is the way I've been describing and I we've been talking about Hop here from day one. I'm not a, obviously not as articulate as uh, some of the person who developed this, Todd Conklin, and some of the other folks have been doing this for many, many years. And there were forerunners to Todd Conklin also. But we're learning. We're getting better. If I were to describe this conference here, it would be along the lines of, and they don't call it this, but with, no, with all due respect to everybody here uh, at the conference, something else, I would call it a train-the-trainer conference on human and organizational performance. Because I'd tell you what, you go to that conference, and there are many, there were 60 people there from many different organizations, some organizations, they said, uh, you know, I'm from this organization, this is my name. Some of the organizations, they said, I will only give you my first name, and I'm not going to give you anything else. Which means to tell me that they're like government or something like that, in my opinion. That's my read on it. Sort of like those organizations, you don't know, and you don't want to know. Like the CIA, right? You don't know them, you don't want to know them. I don't know where they were came from, but they were very nice and everything else. Uh so it was like a train the trainer course. Uh once you learn about this stuff, you cannot keep your mouth shut with this. Uh it's very invigorating and everything else. And we'll go into that uh in a minute here. Uh with uh now after i do some commercial stuff here
0: in an unpredictable world one voice rises above the chaos meet jim Pozel, a seasoned safety expert who's navigated through some of the most dangerous scenarios from anthrax explosive cleanups disasters and numerous environmental cleanups and lived to tell the tale now he's bringing his wealth of knowledge insights and experiences to you through safety wars From workplace hazards to the hidden dangers in your own home, Jim covers it all. With his engaging storytelling and expert analysis, Safety Wars isn't just a podcast. It's your guide to a safer world. Join Jim Polzel and become part of the Safety Wars Revolution. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts and videos. Safety Wars. Your safety is our mission. Have you listened or watched... Uh, the Safety War Show. It does stream live on on the radio and um on the streamer emers that we have. So if you have not taken a listen to Jim Pozzle and what the hell he's doing every evening with uh safety wars, I would I would strongly encourage you to um to take a view or take a listen, um, whichever option is available for you, and take a listen to what the hell he has going on. Uh it's definitely it will take some deep dives and in some information that you might be interested in.
1: this is safety wars broadcasting to our brothers and sisters in the occupied territory of behavior based safety get out your secret decoder ring here is your nightly message blame fixes nothing blame
0: fixes nothing
1: okay so we're back that was uh so my wife was uh enthusiastically uh cut some uh promos for me a while back and that's what I'm we, now, we use it as a joke. Now we, we, I mean, come on. It's At night, we're tired. Uh, most people have been up since uh, like 4 a.m. in the morning, like here at the uh, Safety FM. And, uh, you know, now we kind of joke around a little bit. You have to have a little bit of fun. And uh, I didn't have time to pull up everything that I wanted to talk about. Big thing to happening tomorrow. So it's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. Big thing is happening tomorrow, and it hasn't happened since uh, 2011. I remember when it was going on last time. It was this whole thing on uh, the emergency alert system. Uh, this is a story from Yahoo News. Be forewarned on Wednesday electronic devices every, nationwide, including cell phones, TVs, and radios are blow out the jolting warning signs of an emergency alert accompanied by a message, but don't be alarmed. It's only a test. We repeat, it's only a test. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, along with the Federal Communications Commission, is running the test to make sure that wireless emergency alerts, WA for cell phones and emergency alert system for radio and television, are in proper working order in preparation for an actual emergency like a natural disaster, terrorism, or threats to public safety, especially nationwide. The upcoming test is also spark conspiracy theories online. We were not the progenitors of these conspiracy theories, which have been debunked as false. Uh, I don't know. There no, there was uh so what's the history of this? How long does this go back, this emergency alert system? My understanding is back uh to the early nineteen fifties, and it was in response, in part from uh, something that happened right here in New Jersey, the War of the Worlds broadcast by Orson Wells, which I believe was in '37 uh, from uh, Grover's Mill, New Jersey, uh, which is around uh, Princeton, uh, and you now he freaked everybody out with these uh, with a broadcast. They were doing a radio play of a Martian invasion, War of the Worlds, by H.G. Wells, uh, famous novel, great book, and. What happened was some of the thing towns in the uh, screenplay or in the play were also towns in New Jersey. So, for example, someone said that thing came down close to Pomona. There's a Pomona, New Jersey, which has a famous university there, Stockton University, Richard Stockton University, New Jersey. I went there Stockton State College when it was only a college. And there was some other towns that were in there, and it, they were local. them like I, I forget the whole thing, but in, around uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, that metro area in Princeton. So uh, what happened was people started to freak, and there were a couple of movies uh, done on that TV uh, series, uh, War of the Worlds TV series. Uh, there was a remake in two thousand and eight. Uh, on uh by uh tom cruise where they blew up the Bayonne bridge uh and then they put it back and it was all in new jersey and uh, all this other stuff and now they're gonna they're no they're starting to remake all this stuff the other one was uh the day the earth stood still like we needed another one uh, Kino reeves also known as keanu reeves but he pronounces it Kino reeves uh He had a uh, a remake of that movie. Now they're talking about another. But anyway, there were all different types of uh, conspiracy theories related to this whole thing. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, let me look it up here. I know I'm typing on Google. And it was uh, October 4th conspiracy theories. You could Google this yourself. This is from boston.com from today. One popular video shows a woman claiming the test will somehow switch on technology that is introduced into people's bodies. An emergency broadcast system test on October 4th will send... Pardon me. A signal to cell phones nationwide in order to activate nanoparticles such as graphene oxide that have been introduced into the people's bodies. Here's a number. Uh, here, you know, that's one of them. Let's see what else they have. You know, that's one of. There's like a whole bunch of conspiracy theories here uh, with this. Now oh, that the vaccines are uh, uh, that the vaccines are doing stuff, right? It's going to activate. And what's funny is, uh, it sounds like uh, uh, I think they've been watching that Halloween three season of the witch movie. Uh, right where, you know, where they, uh witches cast a spell on Halloween and they put people in a mask and people die. It's like a huge, you know, horrible uh, snuff movie from the 1980s there. I believe it was 1987 it came out and it was A Night of the Witch. And I don't know with it. I don't know where people come up with this stuff. Are, do we really not trust the government enough where we're going to have a nationwide broadcast and this is going to cause these issues? even I'm not a conspiratorial and uh, no, so uh, tomorrow afternoon there's and I'm sure pardon me if they're they're probably gonna have a uh, notification that that's what's going to be out there, but uh, we'll see what happens the uh so basically, I have to do that, right? Oh, an air raid siren, and then of course, that's my response to those who uh, are doing this, are, are with this. But who knows? You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Now let's talk about the five uh, principles of human performance, and I'm going to read it right from here, and. What does it come down to? Before we get there, we have to talk about the four principles of safety differently. So safety differently was uh, given by a uh, and come up with. Uh, hold on. Let me see. I believe it was Brent Sutton, who is a friend. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sidney Decker, who not a friend of the. Well, I'm, I'm hoping he's a friend of the program, but I've never met him to ask him or anything but he was he came up with this idea safety different and when i uh, come up and i start a safety class i always ask one basic question what is safety you take a class with me last time we talked about this we did a deep dive what is safety or what is safety not so safety is not defined by the absence of accidents, but by the presence of capacity. This is from Sidney Decker. That's an important thing. What we see out there are often the zero accidents, zero illnesses, zero injuries. Zero, 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 we have a drive towards zero, depending on how you define it. Now, oftentimes there's that damn sign up there, that nice sign. Oh, we've been worked so many days. And then all of a sudden, nobody wants to be the guy to reset that to zero. Worker, right? And So we talk about safety as capacity in a system, multiple guards. So for example, uh, you're not going to, what's the The reason? The United States
0: Department of Labor is committed to this.
1: What's the least reliable? What exactly is the least reliable control you can have? Release reliable control is personal protective equipment by tradition. If you go through that hierarchy of controls, personal protective equipment is the word thing. Why? Because you have to rely on people. Uh, 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 you have to rely on people to wear the PPE, select the correct PPE. The PPE is worn, right? the PPE is worn at all. Uh, the PPE is not defective. And you have everything else that goes on there. You're relying 100% on the worker, rather than setting up a system with capacity. Where before you get to PPE, you go go through everything else and you add controls in there, guards, controls, safeguards. So if any one of those is missing, now you have a backup, and that PPE is the last thing. I'm not saying get rid of PPE. Believe me. You mean we should be getting rid of PPE, Jim? No, don't get rid of PPE. Just that PPE is what it is. It's the least favored method of things. And the other thing is this, especially in construction or environmental cleanups or disaster site work, which are the three areas that uh, Safety Wars and JCB Technical seem to uh, get involved with, you can't rely on what's out there. You have to go in there full blazes, with all, uh, you know, uh, you're not able to set up, especially in a disaster situation. You're not able to disa- uh, set up all of the controls in an environmental cleanup, an emergency cleanup. You can't set up all these controls, so you have a reliance on PPE, and you're going to go overboard with it until you figure out what your hazards are and what the appropriateness is. And you would go into a system, uh, into a situation where you're in the level A, for example, fully encapsulating suit. Uh, with a, a breathing air system or level B with just a, a little bit less of a, a dermal protection, meaning skin protection. And you would be there with, air with uh, 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 supplied air. So that's what it is. You're adding controls. So if you miss one control is not there, now you're able to fail safely because you have other controls in place. Think of it this way. Would you get on an airplane? Or the only safety device on there was that pilot. No, you wouldn't do it. that's nuts. Number two, workers are not are not the problem. This is from Four Principles of Safety Differently. Workers are not the problem. Workers are the problem solvers. We went into this last night where we we went into some operational learning at the class here, and what and we'll talk about that more later on. Not today, probably. What does that mean? Where sit down with the workers, right? Learning teams. Brett, uh, Brett Sutton. Brent Sutton, who is a friend of the program. We know that. Uh, doing a shout out to you, Brent, if you're out there, where you're uh, so we had an operational learning team going last night after training classes just evolved, and uh I ended up having to take a little bit of control there and go into uh some of the issues that they're having in the field because these were the people in the field doing the work and we were able to have a guided discussion. I am not make, and the big thing is, is not to make a statement to make is to ask questions and be curious. Sam Goodman, who's a friend of the program, that's what he does, right? Talks about this stuff, being a, a curious, operational curiosity. We don't constrain workers in order to create safety is number three. We ask workers what they need to do the work safely, reliably, and productively. So this along the lines of what conditions do we need to do the work successfully? What do we need rather than don't wear this and do, do this and do this. And no, along the lines of the work as done versus the work as planned. And number four, safety does not prevent bad things from happening and safety ensures good things happen while workers work in complex and adaptive work, uh, uh, environments. This is all from the, uh, five principles of human organizational performance. Now, if you're a listener to the program, you hear my wife talk about this stuff. And what we find out is that once you start looking at this stuff and thinking about it, you're going to be applying these to every aspect of your life because it leads to a hell of a lot less drama when you are able to apply these principles to your life. One of them is, uh, you know what? Let's take a break this is for a safety second. Safety wars <laughs> broadcasting to. Right. We'll uh, go back and I hit the button here and let's take this. Let me set this up a little bit. Hold on. <laughs>
0: In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozel with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold,
1: catastrophic losses, environmental disasters. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. That's my daddy. Okay, so we're back. I got the graphic that I need here. Hold on. Um, Pardon me, pardon me. I'm getting over this horrific cold. It has not been good. All right. Okay. So we're going on. Give me a second. I have this horrible cold. I have, uh, you know, here. Uh, It's getting better, though. Know what I've been doing that's been, uh, when I'm at home, that's been helping? I've been making my own homemade salsa, uh, ghost pepper salsa. Delicious. And that's been helping me out, manage these symptoms a little bit. So the five principles of human performance, and this is a bitter pill to swallow, especially if you're in the behavior-based safety world. Number one, error is normal. Even the best people make mistakes. You have a human error out there. And a lot of folks do not even want to hear about human error. Believe me. We uh, we went through this here with a lot of stuff. Uh, What's this? No, there are people out there who think that mistakes can never be made, human error doesn't happen, and everything else. And if I may, let's go back. Uh, Let's see how this is going to work. We're going to share. And it's going to be an entire screen. Hold on. Window. Share, and let's do this. All right. This is where we're at. We have what are called error rates on, on this. Let me make it even bigger. Okay. Uh, so these are error rates. And this is one of the... Uh, this is one of the basic uh, things behind human and organizational performance. It's this notion of error rates. Now you're going to say, "Well, what, 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 what does it mean to me?" You're okay with error. Well, I'm not okay with error. None of us are okay with error, but we're okay. We have to acknowledge that there are errors. I make errors, you make errors a human, right? Human beings make errors. And if you're following along on YouTube or if you're online, I'm going to describe it. on the Safety FM with just the audio or the podcast. I'm going to describe this. And this is a little bit counterintuitive. It goes against a lot of people's, uh, what they've been told over the years. I saw a lot of very uncomfortable people. But what you want is to set up your work area. And this is—I know this is extremely, uh, probably damn near impossible in the disaster emergency response field, but in in manufacturing it's a lot easier. And in construction, if you look and set up the job, you're going to be able to do this. And you're going to—there are three uh, modes. And this is from Jens Rasmussen. There's the knowledge mode, rule mode, and the skill mode. You want to have your employees in the skill mode. How do we define that? Uh, low uh, attention to task and high familiarity with a task. We're not talking complacency where, oh, you're nebulous. Oh, look at me. That's not what we're looking at. That's not what we're talking about. Complacency. What we're talking about is low attention to task. You're on autopilot. You're doing the same thing over and over again. In the construction world, you're trying to set up a work area or a job site safely We you have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this, and it's set up safely. We have people low attention to task, high familiarity with it. Those are the job tasks that are going to be the safest. And Jens Rasmussen, the, all, all the sources are, depending on what you're seeing is an error rating is one in 10,000 operations. That means that it could happen anywhere along the line on that. But it happens uh, along the line no, with, uh, along the lines of, uh, 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 of that, one in 10,000 operations you're going to have it. So you're very much not likely to have a problem. If you're following the cursor that I have online, you know, this is a sliding scale. So it may be one in 5,000, one in 2,000, what have you. But it's a qualitative graph. The next thing is this, rule-based. What is rule-based? The error rate is one in a thousand if you're reading on there. And that means that you're making decisions. You have a system in place, you have a procedure in place, or so you still have some kind of human decision-making process that has to be in there. You're dealing with, uh, right? You can't really get to that skill-based mode. You got to pay attention to what you're doing. That's usually the best we can do in the construction field, at least in my experience, uh, with that, because everything is a moving target. You have multiple trades. You have multiple uh, situations you have to negotiate. The work area is always changing, things of that nature. Rules base. Then you have what is called the knowledge base. Now, you can say, well, what, what the hell is that there knowledge base? What do you mean? Some people call it the lack of knowledge base. But what you're doing is you're relying primarily on your past experience with similar work or your experience only. You're not dealing with it, you don't have a procedure made, you don't have best practices made, you don't have anything like that. The error rate for that could be like one in two, meaning half of the time you go out there, you're going to screw it up. How does this translate? First time you ever, uh, this was common when I was coming into the business. First time you do anything, you screw it up, right? That's what that would be, the knowledge phase thing. Now, why is that important? You're like, well, so, okay, great. How, why is that important for all of us to have on there? Because when you're doing uh, a learning team or uh, operational learning or anything like that, an incident investigation, and I don't even like to call them incident investigations I like to call them learning teams now we're gonna learn what happened out here uh with that uh, non-confrontational this way you're able to get a lot of information on on this so you don't get the same old we're gonna blame the employee blame train and you know retrain uh the employee uh and you know shame them I'm all the way shame on you you know and you make the uh, no If you have to, some of these situations we go through out here, uh, uh, you know, are horrific, are stressful. If you think you're going to go out and, if you think you're going to go out and uh, antagonize people, confront them, shame on you. It's always the same. It's not our fault that this happens. It's your fault, the employee. You're not going to get too much, you know. Next, the next one out there ain't going to tell you anything. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, it's important that you go out and you figure out what's out there, and you, and you have to identify what mode you're in during accident investigation. This way, you can come up with the proper solution, if there is a solution. There may be no solution. If you have someone in the skills-based mode, often there is no solution. anything there's no solution you learn from it however it could be a little bit of uh, uh, maybe the situations change the conditions change that the employee wasn't aware of that no one was aware of things break things were out no there's uh, different things in there that are in there now you're not going to be able to uh, foresee Sometimes the answer is we, we can't, couldn't prevent this we couldn't do this. We'll talk about that in a minute. Then you have the rules-based. Well, maybe you're misapplication things. You're applying things, uh, failing to apply a good rule. Maybe there's a procedural thing, an ergonomic thing as far as the setup of panels, for example, control panels, equipment, uh, guarding, things of that nature. Then you have the knowledge, right? So what, what would your solution to that be? You're going to change a procedure. You're going to get different equipment, things of that nature. What you want to be careful of is this. If the employees are in the skills-based mode, you come up, and a lot of people feel that, and we've been brought up this way in the safety field. Well, you have to do something. You have to do something. We have to have a response to this. Well, okay, I explained to the people who have that attitude, we are in this, this is what, uh, so this uh, conversation may go like this. This person has been doing the job for 30 years, has not had an issue with this. We haven't had an issue with this job for 30 years. That process with what we're doing in 30 years or 10 years, pick your number of years. That person is experienced, low attention to tasks, very familiar with the tasks, been doing it, blah, 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 knows the whole thing. If you're gonna go and say we gotta change something because we gotta answer to somebody, what may you do? You may bang that person up to the skills based mode on here. I'm sorry, up to the rules based mode. Now I say, okay, well, now you're coming up with a new procedure. We were down on here with an error rate of one in ten thousand. Now you're gonna t- take that person, put it up into an error rate of one in a thousand one in a thousand. Now you have an issue. Because I say, are you comfortable with an inc- with a ten times the amount of errors with that thing? Are you familiar, James? You want to show your science project on air? Yes. What is it? A cell. It's a cell. He built a model of a cell. He was studying microbiology at school. Better. Uh, you can tell that he has his artistic uh, skills from his mother, not from me. Right. <sighs> Uh anyway, sorry about that. You know, you know, we're we're at home here. So uh by the way, James got to meet Jay Allen last week via FaceTime. He was all excited. Uh so, so anyway, rules-based uh mode, you know, you're gonna bang that person up in the rules-based mode, or you're gonna be going in and uh uh you know, with a higher error rate, and the worst thing to do is put it in a knowledge-based mode or the person doesn't, we're going to change everything. So that's a very important discussion you have to have. That's a very important point that you have to have when you are dealing with this. Now, Jessica wants to show her arts and crafts. Aye, aye, aye. Hello, honey. Hey, there she is. Okay. Very good. They do not get their artistic abilities from me. Blame fixes nothing. My children have gotten this one down perfectly, right? Blame fixes nothing. You can't go around blaming things. Is that your view of the employee? Are the employees the problem that you solved? So you're going to go blame the employee? That's not gonna, that's no good. Learning and improving are vital. Learning is deliberate. This is where we get into learning teams. Right. and Brent Sutton has his book, "The Practice of Learning Teams." So we have uh, Sam Goodman out there with that. But I tell you what, if you're a experienced and mature safety professional, this is what you try to do. You, do: you try not to go, and you try not to go and come to conclusions. Which comes to number four: context. Right, so context influences behavior systems drive outcomes those go uh one so when you're going out there you don't go out there and say well i've been doing that job for 30 years i haven't done it in five years and i know exactly what the hell went wrong this is what you get when you have traditional safety being managed by non-safety professionals or people who are not familiar with this whole system i i want to i i Hesitate to call a system. It's a philosophy. More. You want to go out there and you want to find out what the hell happened. I'll use the example of a couple years ago where we had somebody who uh, had chemical burns and the client calls me up and says, "Uh, Jimmy, we've never used you uh, for accident investigations, but we had one here, a relatively serious one. And by the way, it's the most serious one we ever had at the company. So therefore we wanted to do an accident investigation. I said to her, uh, the person on the phone, I said, look, this is the way it is. Do you want a one-pager? Or do you want a report with all different findings on it? Well, what do you mean, one-pager? A one-pager is, well, I'm going to make it. This is all going to come out. I can do that. I don't prefer doing that. I want to find out exactly what happened and analyze your, everything that went on, get, out, get some context, talk to people. Maybe get a group of people together, like five to eight people. Well, that wasn't going to happen during COVID Uh, there. And we talked to be, we talked this out like people. Well, I like that approach better. Well, okay, let's do that. It could also uh, be uh, another good example where you have a whole bunch of managers that are out there who want to uh, 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 look at something. They're not sure on the process. But you tell them, hey, look, let's so look at the process. Let's have an unconfrontational thing. We're going to have some curiosity, find out, get everybody on the same team, see, use you some of those leadership skills and everything else and go in there. And we're going to ask some curious questions and find out this. And then you find out, right, with the first one, this is what happened. We did that. What, what they wanted was, what they expected was, the person was not wearing goggles. That was true but there was a hell of a lot more that went on before the last thing, he wasn't wearing goggles. What were some of the contexts? Some of the context was that it was done on Patriot Day, September 11th. The guy had lost someone on 9-11. The guy was a new employee. Wasn't an experience. They linked up a senior manager with a new employee. That senior manager concerned about cost and schedule and the job was delayed and it went on and on and on. And after about three days of talking to people and everything and looking at documents and things of that, we got into a situation where we had, uh, we had uh, a lot of other stuff going on. So let's share this one Uh, window. We had this situation. Work as planned versus what the hell happened? Red line, and we would call this blue line, right? And I don't like this graphic so much, but I, you know, I pulled it up and I had to look good on the screen. So this looks somewhat good on the screen. So you have on here, hey, the stated expectations. Those were stated expectations, think of it as your, uh, work as planned, and then you have going through here, work as planned, and this is where all these graphics came from, you have work as planned versus work as done. So you have a blue line, one of these other lines on here. That's how work is done. Very rarely, and we all know this through our common sense, does work go, hey, I'm going to go here, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna get a result. <laughs> and I'm gonna get a cough, right? No, I'm going to get a uh, end result. So, for example, in the morning, I go on a g. I I I'm going to somewhere. I'm going. I'm working on a project in a very urban area, and I go throw on the GPS. GPS gives you five different ways of getting there, depending on the time and everything else. I go on the road and I start going to that place. And I find out once I get there, we have different road conditions. We can't go as fast. Uh, we're going slow. We have an accident, not us having an accident, but we, uh, there's a delay in the accident. There's a traffic jam here, and we may have to get off the highway here, and blah, blah, blah. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens with GPS that you're not going to be able to. Uh, fine, uh, you know, that's you're going to be able to uh, adjust. So by the end of it, now you have an issue. Now, because you got there with this wave, and now you're going all over the place and work gets, and that's how work gets done, all work gets done. And then you have one of these other red lines that are coming in here. So you have that normal practice, work is done, right? And now you have randomness gets thrown in here because this is what happens here. This is another thing. We have airline, here we have airline safety, uh, a graph, and worker safety uh, goes uh, similar thing where you have things are getting safer, things are not as many incidents here, right? And what happens is we have less data, we have less data points, which means if let's go, I'm gonna go back and give everybody a nightmare. They can have PTSD with statistics. We have fewer data points. That means the chances of you being able to have a trend line go down. So you cannot have a trend line with not enough data. And as we know, the things that get you killed are not necessarily, often, never, the things that are going to get you hurt. They're two different things. And what ends up happening is thing you it's extra can you there, there are barriers to getting in this trend line where we're gonna collect those nearest good catches, we're gonna go and collect them and we're gonna have all these observations, we're gonna put them in there, and guess what, put them into our system and guess what we're gonna be able to have a trend line and we're gonna be able to predict what's gonna happen. Because A plus B plus C equals D. We all know. And then what happens? There's an incident, and your bias is towards these other th- data that you're collecting. And that incident, where someone has either catastrophic or, God forbid, fat- fatal uh, type of situation, catastrophic release, had nothing to do with all this other stuff with humans. Machines, a different story, but with humans, you're dealing because human error is normal the worker will go and adapt to what the conditions are out there. Just like with the GPS, you're going out there, and you're adapting to the actual field condition. Not going to be the same. Same thing with that. You have a situation where uh, people are, uh, 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 no, uh, where things are random. And then what happens? Well, the reason why that this accident happened Come on, guys, you've all heard of this. It's because you are not collecting good data. Oh, yeah. We hear that, right? Uh, uh, does this qualify? I haven't had this lately, right? This, this is safety a Jim Pozle me- mega rand. We have not had that here, right? Warning, warning, mega rant. You're a bad person because you did not collect that subjective data. And it's like, huh, that data is not going to predict that. And if someone tries to tell me that, they're they got it. They're going to have a little bit of an argument with me. Now, there is an exception. There is a company out there that is named after a famous river that has been trying to do this and develop a model, and then they go and they apply it to a person. So Jim Posel, we've been auditing him and what he's doing for five years. We know that Jim Pozel is going to do X, Y, and Z, and Jim Pozel is going to get hurt, and, that, and then don't work there for a year or two. Then they have the same profile. We were observing you for five years. Don't think that that's coming with all this AI stuff? Oh, you're in for a big rude awakening and surprise and shock out there with that. So we're into contacts, context influences behavior. Systems drive outcomes. What are we talking about? Well, another point with this is incentives. What's your incentive? Is it your incentive going out there and saying, hey, attaboy, you did a good job. That's an incentive. Hey, boss told me that I did a good job. Now I'm incentivized. It could be a cash incentive. It could be, right, one of those uh, uh, surprises. I got this as a prize one time, right, which is I find pretty funny for a safety uh, thing is you have a pocket knife because I tell you what, uh, they, people don't like pocket knives. But anyway, now this is what happens. Work as done versus work right as was planned and the rest thrown in there. And now we're going to have incentives drive. What's your incentive? Is it pay? Is it promotion? Is it a better job assignment in the construction world bringing you on to the next job? Is that your incentive? And hey, we're gonna, we finished that job in uh, uh, in record time. Well, you took all these shortcuts, got people hurt. Doesn't matter, but you got it done in time. We hear this all the time. And I had a big argument with someone uh, one time. They, oh, I should say they had a big argument with me because one of their employees told me, I was working for the general contractor, one of the employer employees told me, oh, we're getting an incentive if we get this job done early. And all the safety stuff that's getting in the way of uh, getting the job done early. You don't think I'm going to report that really? I didn't report who the employee was, but I did report it. And they and then, they, Oh, well, we don't do that. I said, look, I got your guys saying it. I need to it in front of five people here or are in the room. Well, we don't do that. We don't encourage that. We don't have incentives like that. I said, you may not knowingly have an incentive like that. You're not going to write the person out a check or give them a prize. No, you could give them a little Shrek here. Hey, hi. You know, you're not going to uh, give them that. But there are nonverbal types of things, uh, uh, incentives that you can give them, unknowing, even unknowingly. Right? Not everyone's evil here. I, I have met evil people. I have met sociopaths. Right? How you respond to failure matters. Leaders act and respond... A response counts so that's the fifth thing your response counts so what does that mean oh we're going to go into deep dives into every one of these things eventually when someone comes to you with bad news what do you do do you freak out do you scream do you yell do you curse do you say you did what you did what are you kidding me <laughs> Shame on you. I'm going to shame, I'm going to blame you, and I'm going to retrain you. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Versus, tell me what happened. What happened? Tell me more. You have some bad info? Okay, let's sit down. And you ha- uh, On the inside, you may be like, ah! But we got to keep it together. And you have to say, you know, okay, let's see what this is about. I got bad news? Okay, we got lots of bad news. My first question when someone gives you bad news is, did anyone get hurt? No, Jim, nothing got nobody got hurt. I said, Well then we don't have too do much of a bad news, do we? I said, So let's go, let's hear about it, and we're gonna learn and improve from that situation. Or we're gonna say, well, maybe how could we handle that? Uh one of my employees came up to me and uh, uh she was you know, doing a good job, right? We got it was a good hire, as we call it. She was doing a good job. And uh, she uh, there was a problem. She made a she didn't make a mistake. She could have handled the situation a little bit better. And when I said, well, I sat down with her and I said, okay, this is what the reality is. I said, and I said, I know we went over this in your onboarding when you came on to on board. Where we talked about performance road modes, knowledge rules, and skills based. I said, on this graph, where do you think you were? She said. Well, you know, I I was probably somewhere in the rule-based area based on this operation, these decisions that we were making. I said, okay, so you're in the rules-based area. And I said, we do understand with the five principles of human organizational performance that human error is normal, right? Human error is normal. This is something other stuff. right? Errors are normal that Todd points out. Errors are normal. uh, But first of all, let's talk about uh, an error. That's less than expected. What well, something happened that was unexpected. And since er- error is a normal part of human existence, error is never ca- uh causal. Right? Meaning it's not delivered unless you're dealing with the psychopaths that I deal run into. Right. Error is not the opposite of success. Error is a part of being successful. The old Thomas Jefferson uh wizard of Menlo Park, you now a local hero in where I grew up in uh, central New Jersey. Uh, I believe Edison was part of Woodridge back in those days. Uh, no, he uh, he had, uh, how many times did he uh, fail at creating the light bulb? He said, well, no, I, it's not that I failed, it's that I found a way not to do it. Okay, errors are not choices. Error exists in success as well as failure. You can't remove error, so you must defend against the inevitability of error. That's your controls, your safety, capacity, right? Resilience. Good systems build an error tolerance. Knowing errors will happen is a good thing because now you can plan for them. You can respond to them. An error without significant consequence is the closest thing to leading, uh, leading indicator data. So I went through this. I said, okay, well, you made an error. And she said, yeah. I said, well, how, how would you handle that differently? She said, "Well, I want to handle it differently this way, Jim." And I, and I said, "Okay, okay. I guess you're not going to do that again." She said, "Yeah." I said, "Look, we're here to learn. Not a big deal. Uh, you know, if they're—I said—if they're—if they're holding this against you to that degree, then shame on them. And what are you going to do?" I said, "Is the client happy?" She said, the client that wasn't happy about the error—they understand that it happened. I said, "Okay, well." It's going to happen. So what? And that's what it comes down to here is, with this, how else are you going to respond? We had a guy, I'm not going to use his name, but I do know for a fact that that organization was spoken to by Todd Conklin, and they know all about, they paid a lot of money, dude. Let's just say they spent, I mean, they nickel and dime me. And all the other training organizations in the area on training, all right? But they spent a lot of money. They sent all their senior level, mid level managers, relatively to what I charge office. this, on training for human organizational performance. I know it for a fact. And right, a three day seminar. You could go look up the costs, but anyway, they had a personal appearance by Todd and some other folks went through all of this stuff, and they rejected it. The or- the or- place where I worked with, they rejected all of this stuff. We're going to continue doing what we were doing. So what? So here we have a uh, situation. you have a situation, and these folks are saying, hey, uh, no, it was during a major shutdown. They had several thousand contractors on site, something like 2,000. And I was in a room, and they had a problem in the room. They had a problem. They had a pretty serious, significant near-miss. Some equipment got damaged. Okay, so it was an incident, but nobody got hurt because we had controls in place. So what do you think this guy says? Blah, 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 blah. I don't like the way you people are looking at me. You're not taking this seriously. Because it was like this. I'm working for painters. This is a mechanical contractor. Well, they don't go together You had a mechanical issue here going on here and when we're painters all right we're painting and i and nothing in that situation had anything there were different hazards there were different uh situations different people different hazards different everything as opposed to a mechanical situation here uh and we've and you know i wasn't i was a newbie here on this so he says Well, guess what, everybody? We're going to go out there, and we're not you guys. said, you know what? Screw it. Don't come to work tomorrow. Go home and think about this incident. So what do you think? We're like, what? He said, yeah, pack up your stuff. He didn't say stuff. And and he said that to, like, 2,000 contractors because he had to send a message. He didn't have to send a message to us. He had to send a message up to his uh, chain of command that he did something. And uh, again, no learning, no chance for improvement. Oh, well, you got to work harder. You got to try harder. Well, and, you know, and now he backs everybody up in the uh, in the uh, uh, queue with a schedule out there. And guess what? What did we learn? Not a thing we learned. What, well, this is a lesson learned. And something bad happens, don't report it because you just screwed a whole bunch of people out of eight hours of straight time and four hours of overtime plus four hours of overtime that day. It was roughly like 2.30 in the afternoon. So a union job, everybody had to get paid till 3.30. Okay, great. You just screwed people out of eight hours of overtime, eight hours of straight time per diem and everything else Just to prove a point to show how in charge you are. This is what the guy did. Really? Well, we had to send a message. All right, what's the message you're sending? Don't report anything. That's the message that you're sending. Is that really a good message to send? I don't think so. You know, it's been a while since I had a rant. Going to some of this stuff, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little bit of a triggering, uh, 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 triggering type thing, because I've dealt with people like this in the behavior-based safety world, and then these dysfunctional—I'm sorry, this organization is dysfunctional majorly—and it's extremely difficult to deal with these folks here. And I mean, how do you deal with that? I don't know. Beats the hell out of me. Eventually what happened? The guy uh, again, what's that was his incentive. That let's put this into context. He's getting they have a major shutdown and he's getting read down his throat. Let's look at this maturely to get this stuff out to do something. And you can't do it. Your your behavior counts. If you're in a leadership position, you can't pull crap like this. You can't do it. You can't go, you can't do it. So that's all I have. And we're going to have some more information tomorrow for Safety Wars. And uh, it's good to be back. I, you know, I miss the audience here. Some of the feedback here that I get from people. And I miss my studio. I miss my home. I miss my cats. I miss my family. I miss everybody. So uh, for Safety Wars, this is Jim Polsel.